And so begins the Shut Up and Sit Down Turbocast, because we have, how long do we have? Half an hour. Talk faster. Half an hour? This is like space cadets or yeah, dice to you or any of Half an hour, turn the tables, spin the dice. Spin the discs. I'm wasting time. You are. We Shut me up. We don't have time to waste. Welcome to uh, Shut Up and Sit Down, the podcast, a board gaming podcast, or as we keep doing now, covering games that aren't even board games, just event game stuff that excites us. My name is Quentin Smith, and I'm joined today by Brendan Caldwell. Hello. And Matt Lee. Hello. What do you two do on the site, Shut Up and Sit Down? Uh, I, actually, I've been, I haven't been playing as many games lately. I've come down today to play some games because I felt like I was missing out. Because I've been doing loads of gold club stuff, but it's going together really nicely. Yeah, no, it is. It's amazing the fact that we're now putting together like a tiny magazine. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like obviously it's all a bit wonky and it's not like super high end because that <laughs> would involve spending loads of money. And yeah, we don't want to do that. People at home should realise, you know, we're, we're still by no means professional or competent. No, but no, I tell no. you what, it's what we are is good. I don't know what we are, but it's it's all right. Yeah, but no, I've been doing that. I've been great fun, and obviously, uh, but oh, yeah. We've been playing today, we've been playing lots of games with trains in them. Yeah, we... <laughs> oh, trains and stations. God, that's a thing. Okay, yeah, let's let's blitz uh, all the many and varied games we've been playing. Mostly good, I think. And oh. then we should get to some questions, which might be awful because I unthinkingly got people to tweet us their problems and we'd fix them like a sort of cardboard agony aunt. Oh, God. That's not going to uh, work well, out well. You, why sure did you do fine. that? I don't know. Well, we we'll, do that sometimes on regular features and it always ends up bad. Okay. Well, let's tell you what, maybe if we can fill 40 minutes just talking nonsense about games, then we won't get to that, and that will be fine. Yeah, we played Trains and Stations, which is from WizKids, and Mm -hmm. uh, that is an adorable... It comes in a reasonably sized box, but the board is tiny, and the dice are tiny, and the cards are tiny, and it's a tiny map of America for you to be a rail baron on. It did feel like my hands were too big at first, but it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. It was a weird game, actually. I quite enjoyed it. It wasn't amazing, but it was one of those games where I felt like I didn't... Uh, just when I was working out what was going on, the game was over. Yeah. Which is sort of like, I guess not too bad, because I kind of felt if I played it again, I'd play it differently. Um, which is like, which is pretty common. There's a whole first yeah, game doesn't count of course. thing. But so what were we doing? We were rolling dice in a kind of train Yahtzee. It was like Escape from the uh, Temple in a weird way, because you could lock dice and there was a bit of gambling. In fact, that There you- was. So this is what I like. I mean, I'm always... The fact that I don't like King of Tokyo is like this contentious thing, and I'm always finding new explanations as to why I don't. But this did have a similar thing of on your turn, you roll a big handful of dice and you can re-roll them like in King of Tokyo. But you don't just re-roll them once. You can pay coins to re-roll them as many times as your rail baron hands yeah. can. But if you get a total of three of these lock symbols, then uh, your workers go on strike, you lose victory points, and you miss your turn. So there's always this nice push-your-luck element of... Yeah, and it was I've nice because got- you could, you, by completing the rail lines, which around the map, you could end up like earning extra bonus white dice that you could use yeah. on one turn. Uh, but as I found out, you couldn't just chuck them in at the end. You couldn't just be like, oh, if I had one more dice, aha, you have to do it at the start. Which meant if you really wanted to go big and do loads of great stuff in the turn, it meant rolling like maybe seven or eight dice at once. <laughs> Which suddenly real, your workers are probably going to Yeah, like get the angry. chance of getting three locked trains on, on that many dice is... I don't know what the odds are, but it's a lot more. No, and we would, we'll get to this in a bit, but certainly maths in board games is best when it's just a gut feeling rather than something you have to work. These yeah. odds are shit, but I will do this anyway. I should point out that I, throughout this whole game, I, was, I wasn't playing, I was just watching you argue about cows and, <laughs> and tracks. It was arcane, wasn't it? So you, you roll dice. If you roll train symbols, you can put them on the board, and then when a, enough dice form a route, then you score the route and all the dice are picked up. But also, if you rolled three hotels or three ranches, you could build a hotel. It was a bit monopoly. Yeah, regard. and then you could claim bits of the board, and if those bits were used by other players, then suddenly you get items, which made a set collection thing. And it all worked, but it, it didn't... It was quite also- smart, but it was kind of also a bit... It was weird in the fact that 
you kind of had a strategy that you had to follow. Like, I was like, well, the thing was, I don't want to make so many hotels. I ended up being a hotel baron. Because the only thing... <laughs> I was the only person who had hotels, which meant I was getting like loads of workers. That sounds okay to me. I mean, for me, the baron it was suffix though, is what's important. It's good, but the problem was, it was like, because of the nature of the game and the way you click the cards, it's, it's like, you don't actually get... So at the end of the game, I had pretty much all of... Well, I had all of the workers. I had, like, about 15 or something. Yeah. And because no one else had any, I could have <laughs> had three. Yeah. Because the only thing you get from that is the person with the most gets a bonus to the score. And the fact that I had 15 was just irrelevant. But, <laughs> yeah, it was It was just all slightly odd. Like, it missed its target a bit. And I got that... F- the fact that the game came out and it sort of left no impact and wasn't heavily marketed meant that I kind of went into it with, like, my spider sense. Tick, like, Indiana Jones entering a temple. And it was a like, weird one. Weird. I, I liked the way that when you rolled the trains, you then had to put the trains on the tracks. And there was the element of, like, do I just finish a little railway quickly and get my dice back? Or do I leave my dice in stasis? like on the board but then probably get more money later I liked all that but the problem was I think as much as I like rolling the dice and doing the things and doing the gambles you had this weird thing where it's like I kept rolling hotels I kept being like three <laughs> hotels it's like well when you when you have three hotels you there's a part of you thinks well I've just rolled a building I should I put should it put down. it down <laughs> yeah. and yet really I shouldn't have I should have actually so it was a weird thing was like, what I knew for the whole game um, because of the card I got to start, I was like, I need to make mines. I need to make mines. I just couldn't roll any. Like, <laughs> I kept rolling other stuff and just being like, all right, well, that's a good roll, I'll take that. But it's kind of, there's something a bit weirdly frustrating about a game where... Uh, you have to abandon your luck. Like, you have to roll with your luck more than your strategy just because you, your luck won't d- do your strategy. Yeah. Which, which is a bit odd. Which is always the thing that saves Monopoly is people often play it wrong or don't realise, but if you land on a space and you can't buy it, then the actual game begins yes, because absolutely. then it turns into an auction, yeah. like which everyone can bid for. And most people don't realise that also that the game of Monopoly is primarily just um, being really good at convincing people to make deals they shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm, I'm quite speaking, good at it. Speaking, it is, of, yeah. speaking of which, no, we should, we should not tease people with mediocrity. Let's get on to a really good game, which we'll be reviewing soon, which has dice rolling and decision-making and negotiation, but was actually good, and will make Matt really jealous because he, he wasn't here to play it. I always miss. Vegas. Lords of Vegas. Oh, I always Very miss good. the really good games. Brendan, you are now a Lord of Vegas. Here is your magic staff. I was, I was a good Lord of Vegas. You were. Three, I was okay. Three of us tied. Yeah. Uh, and a four-player game, which was amazing and so tense. Brendan, do you want to talk about how Lords of Vegas works? Uh, shit. Do I remember? Um, <laughs> Just the basics. Uh, basically, uh, you're all, you're all. Lords. Kind of proper. Well, you start off as like property barons, and you're like trying to. You get these lo- empty lots in Las Vegas, and some of them are on the strip, and some of them are in like horrible back alleys. And you try and basically build a casinos in different lots, mm. and each casino has like a dice in it. Yeah. And so this is the weird this thing. Is, this when- is, yeah, where it, where it comes in is you you end up rolling a lot of these dice to do different things like. Uh, increase the money you get from that casino mm-hmm. or uh, make, to make sure that you own the casino and another yeah. player doesn't and it's just it, you get into the weird situation where there can be a casino that's like seven tiles big or something an like enormous it's, it's, it's huge it's like a, like a yeah. quarter chunk of the of the whole board yeah. and three people are just scrabbling over <laughs> who, who is the boss of that that one mega casino oh, it was so clever yeah so the that's that's exactly right. The way that it works is so you if you build on a lot, that's going to have a dice face printed on the board. Yeah. So if I have a six lot, that's amazing because then I get a casino which has a six dice in it of my color, which means whenever that casino sort of like the lot comes up, it will pay out six million dollars 
But also it means that, let's say I make that what, like the sort of yellow Egyptian-themed casino. <laughs> if I can sprawl that sideways and sort of touch another yellow Egyptian casino, suddenly that becomes part of the same casino. And because I've got the six dice, that means I control the whole thing. <laughs> so it's this bizarre thing, yeah, of re-rolling dice and paying incredible amounts of money to re-roll every oh, single uh, dice in a casino. And uh, one of the best things you can do at the, at the very end of the day, if you spend all your money trying to like uh, sprawl outwards or re-roll dice to make your casino like more viable if, yeah. if, it, if, it's, uh, if its color comes up, then you can take some money and go gamble at the other players' casinos. Yes. So if you just have $2, two, two, two million, million dollars, dollars left and all the, all, the, all the notes have like Elvis on them instead of any presidents yeah, yeah. or whatever, um, <laughs> if you go and spend those $2 million, you gamble, you basically pay craps at... Well, at else's somebody casino. else's casino, yeah. and if they, if they win, if the house wins, they get that money. If you win, you get the money. But, but, but can, by the house wins, you mean you take or give money to another player? Yeah, exactly. Right. But <laughs> so. it, it was that was definitely the thing I liked the most because for me, it just felt like a release valve. In that, if any player had too much money and was transparently doing too well, there's always that sort of hubris of. Oh, I could make a big show and like because <laughs> if you, if you have like four, I remember uh, quite early on due to some landslide thing of all this because you know, I was paying out Paul had like forty million dollars yeah and then for him that was it was laughable how little the rest of us have so of course it's so tempting as a player <laughs> to go and bandle like yeah I'll gamble ten million at Brendan's casino and and that'll be and oh I've lost I don't care because I've got so much money and he still gets to feel like a big show or he takes everything you have yeah the thing about the gambling thing is that the 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 odds of the craps game like is. Mm always in favour of the house because they have if you roll the numbers that are most likely to come up when you roll three dice what is it the five, six, win. seven, eight yeah the house so wins the house wins if anything you roll, else you anything else you lose the point being it's if nice you roll a two or a twelve it's yeah. nice to be able to simulate both the kind of uh, gambling in someone's casino and also the, the thing that most of us will never get to experience the feeling of being a casino and watching mugs coming yeah, in yeah no it's really nice losing their money <laughs> it's really nice because you had this weird thing where if I had a lot of money I wouldn't want to really go and gamble it but if I had like if I had almost like, nothing if I had almost nothing I would instantly just want to gamble it because it was like your bottom dollar and you had nothing to lose yeah um, it was so funny. It was always really inadvisable because it's against the odds. <laughs> but yeah, people would like do really well. I remember there's a sense of invulnerability I got after I think I was gambling like one or two million dollars at people's and that's even funny because at the end of your time you go, I want to gamble. Who, who who wants to host me? And Paul would be like, oh, I'll pay you a million dollars to gamble at my. That's casino. right. Yeah, people were giving us better odds and money, like a, like a, like a paddy power free bet. Yeah, like, to come and <laughs> to come and gamble at their casino. Then, but I I'd done so well at that, and I had a few really good terms that I was like. You know, you can gamble any amount of money at a casino, depending on how big the casino is on the board. And we'd built some big ones by this point. So I was thinking to myself as a reviewer, like, we, we're not really playing this the way it's meant to. I'm going to go gamble, like, 10 million at Paul's Casino. <laughs> and I was like, I, no one seemed to care. So I actually had to get the table's attention and say, hey, everyone, I'm, I'm gambling 10 million. And I rolled the dice and lost it. And it was like, oh, fuck, <laughs> fuck that. that. That stings. That's really bad. But it was, it was so fun to, like, if you're ever bored, it's like, it is sort of... It's wonderful. Well, it sounds like because the thing is, I, I like gambling. Like that sounds really bad. <laughs> that was like a that was a confession. <laughs> almost. Uh, this is the right group, right? Yeah, you're in the right place. <laughs> What's this microphone? <laughs> no, um, I, I do like gambling, but I don't like gambling. I don't like the fact that it involves money, and I don't like the fact that it gets increasingly desperate and bad, and all the bad things about it. But but the feeling of it is nice. Like, it the risk great. of it is like nice. Poker nights with friends. I've had some yeah. good times at poker nights. Yeah. The problem with poker nights is it's like gambling is fun, the excitement of that, and the head-to-head -head nature. But it also involves money. And 
it can quickly a poker night can quickly go from being really fun to being a bit weird and bitter. Yeah, especially if somebody like keeps buying back in and lending fivers yeah, off friends you and see, stuff. You shouldn't allow that. You, you shouldn't. But the problem is, if you've got those friends around and it's like they get knocked out early, it's like you can't just be like go home. I mean, you probably should as an adult. You probably should be like, I oh, just go. Yeah. Um, but you don't, and I don't know. It seems nice to have a game which kind of tickles that because I hate the way that when you sometimes play. And people don't do this anymore, probably because they've got good friends. But I remember people used to be like, let's play poker. But no, no one really wants to play poker for money. Let's just play for matchsticks. It's like, no, that fundamentally doesn't work. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's a game on. about probabilities. And no, and sort of, if, you don't, if, you, if you think you can play poker with matchsticks, you don't understand what poker is. <laughs> um, yeah. My memory of playing poker as a teenager was like, I had a friend who had like a really fancy, like opulent living room. And it was... And he had like a sort of drop light. He had on like it. a felt table or something. No, 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 no. It was a it was a black table, but the living room was fancy. And like I was really looking forward to it. And I bought on eBay a set of like proper weighted poker chips, which I still have actually. Um, I used to use them in Deadlands campaigns, of, which was a really depressing use of quite a cool prop. But then I remember there were three of us, and we turned up, and we were all ready, and this was going to be like, oh, we felt like adults. We were sixteen, but we felt like we were like forty-year-old high rollers. My friend showed up with a kebab. Like a huge stinking <laughs> yogurt thing, and I knew him well. But it's like you couldn't say like eat that outside or go away. But like, and it just stank the room out for hours. Your predominant memory of poker is just stinking. Kebab. At my casino in Lord's Vegas, that would never have happened. He yeah. would have been escorted out. I really liked the role playing we did as well, where Paul would every time Paul put down a casino tile, he would say like, "This is the Phallus Palace, and we're serving." <laughs> I can't do puns like he can, uh, sadly, but everything would be a cock-related drink that they are serving today. It was much better than that <laughs> other uh, Las Vegas game that we played. Oh God, yeah, uh, Las Vegas, which is just, which called, is just Las called Las Vegas. Vegas. The reason I even got I bought all these is because I knew there were games that all had Vegas written down. They, they all uh, sort of swum together in my mind. Yeah, so. why not? So Get was, them all done at once. So yeah, no, I thought I'd do them all in a big... Uh, it turned out one of them's out of print, so that's fine. Is Lords of Vegas still available? Yeah. So I might have to buy that before the review goes up. Yeah, if you can hear <laughs> it. sounds like it's good. If you... Yeah. I keep making them... I feel like now it's really bad. I feel like we're doing insider trading, because I keep having... My little brother's got really into board games, and actually I visited him recently, which was nice, in the fact that he... It's kind of sweet in the fact that he got really into Shut Up and Sit Down, Um because he used to be a big party and drink, he can't drink much anymore, so he's just been getting into board games, and I felt really bad, because he was just like, clearly watches everything on Shut Up, Sit Down, religiously, and it was like, oh man, he gets, his connection to me, in terms of board games, is exactly the same as the connection that everyone who views the site has, <laughs> and I thought, that's really bad. Do you want to say hello to him, Laurie? Hello, if you're show, listening, okay. he might be listening, I don't know, he might be. Yeah. Uh, you said uh, you went up and took City of Horror up there? Or no, he's got City of Horror, so we oh, played that okay. again, and that was grand. I do yeah, love the. I really like City City, uh, yeah, City of Horror is good. I just love the way that it doesn't seem to matter what happens. It always ends up playing out as quite a fun narrative. Yeah. I love the fact that at the start of the game we played, we were sort of joking about, like I was saying to one of the other players, we should totally, we were in the church with the priest, and I was like, we should totally throw the priest out. It's <laughs> the first thing to do, to be like, the priest going, oh, what are these devils outside? And we're like, well, you go find out. <laughs> uh, but then we thought, no, no, we won't do that, we won't do that, for whatever reason. And then it ended up at the end of the game, he was one of the last men standing. And it was this thing of being like, that priest had been in that their church for the whole game, he hadn't moved. And the number of people that he had collaborated with <laughs> throw out. And it's just like, yeah, the priest survived, but... but did he, did he win the moral? It's like, yeah. it's like did his God, will, God will never forgive him. Right. I swear, every time I played City of Horror, there have only been like two survivors. Because of, in terms of survivors who also have an antidote. Yeah. 
I remember actually I had a really I played it with a game of City of Horror with um including Michael Bro who made eight six eight hack and some other really nice um indie games. And uh, he was just very quiet, and he didn't really do much negotiation for the whole thing because he's, you know, he's a sort of not withdrawn figure, but certainly he's not the kind. Of, he's not a jerk like me. He'll be like, "No, you can't throw me out because logically you're being incorrect." No, he just was quiet. And he took his punches, and at the end of the game, he just flipped over like two of the action cards, which had food, and then two cans of food, which he got off people. It's like, yeah, you can kill my character if you give me a can of food, and he won just through food. Food and one survivor. Wow. And I've not seen that happen before. Because there's all that food in the middle and you never go for it. Cause well, because there's loads of zombies. Because there's loads of zombies. But turns out, you know, it's good. If you're a quiet guy, you can just slip through. You can... Yeah, I was just saying, I, was, I find it really difficult. Because I have friends of mine who say, oh, what games are really good to get? What games should I get? And they go, oh, get, get this game. This game's really good. And then this is like months after we've reviewed it. And then they go, oh, it's sold out. And I'm like, oh... Sorry. <laughs> we do, if people at home are listening to this, know that we do also go through something even worse, which is where we'll buy a game, uh, play it, get the review written, and then discover that it's sold out in between us doing all this. Yeah, so or then, it's just out of print, or yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of difficult, because there aren't as, as uh, I'm not, it's kind of a weird thing to get used to, because obviously, you know, I'm video games background as well as, as you guys, but it's that thing of being like, you know, there's no amount of recommending a, a video game that can be bad. Like, you could yeah. recommend a video game and it could go and sell a million copies. Yeah. With more games, fine you because... sell out immediately. I mean, I think we, yeah, we, God, well, we certainly sold out Ladies and Gentlemen for a bit, but they're doing a second print run, so that's great. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's tough, because you sort of go, well, get this one, but you can't. I'm sorry. Turbocast. Uh, yes. We mentioned Las Vegas briefly. Uh, That's fine. We don't need to go into. It. It's very mediocre. <laughs> 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 What's our timing on the telecast? So uh, we were on seventeen minutes forty-three, Captain. Shit, sir. Um, approximately thirteen minutes. Oh my god, this is going to be fast. Well, uh, you could just save some stuff to talk about next time. We can save some stuff to talk about next time. Let's talk very quickly about Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Well, I bought that purely on the recommendation of you talking about it, and I've looked in the box, and I don't think it will disappoint me, even though I realise I bought it to play with my girlfriend and it, the manual and all of the things are written in very small fonts and I don't think she'll like that because she can't read very well. Wow, okay, well, you can... <laughs> all right. When well, you explain it. So but you explain it. That's not <laughs> helpful. Um, she, yeah, this arrived in my house a while back and I'd heard people talk about it but I still wasn't expecting it to be as good as, as it is. I mean, people can wait for our review and hear more on why but it's simply ten cases. You get ten cases in the box, and each case starts with an opening chapter that you read aloud as a group, or alone, because it's the best solo game I've ever seen. Up there with Mage Knight, certainly. And uh, it'll, it'll talk about Sherlock Holmes being given a case. And then you have a map of London, the day's newspaper, which is the most badass yeah. prop I've ever seen. And I love the fact that on the day's newspaper, it doesn't say anything like, about use mer- with case four, or yeah. whatever. Like, it, it, they take a... I love it's that. It's just an eighteen seventies newspaper. Yeah, it's, it's got like loads of stories in it, doesn't it? So you don't know. Exactly yeah, no, it's which all like mis- you know, advert stories, nonsense. But then the joy when you have like this two sided A three sheet of realizing you'll meet someone and go like Carl, Carl, Carl. Where have I heard Carl? <gasps> Carl, Carl took place in the football match this weekend. <laughs> Wait, if he was at the football match then, and then all this. But the case itself is a booklet of uh, sort of paragraphs, almost like a choose-your-own-adventure book. And then you have a directory of London, and that's all you've got. So you can look up in the directory of London people's houses, and that'll give you, you know, a grid reference, really. And then you turn in the book to see if the grid reference is there, and it always is. Even if it's something like, he's not home, you've wasted your time. Uh, but it'll be better written than that. And then yeah. what's beautiful is, I've played it once, and... Uh, you so- count the number of turns you do, right? Uh, you do count the number of turns you do, and Sherlock will, because uh, you're playing against Sherlock, and at the end when you you answer some questions when you think you've got the answer, 
And you're going to get points for every question you get right, and you get negative points for every space you went to more than homes. And it's beautiful because it lets you experience, and this is absurd, it lets you experience solving a murder, and that's great, but as an extra, it lets you be, in, be that guy in the room with people. I love people. the way sound effects of you, of you realising things, just like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> when I put my phone on vibrate, I don't know if I can do that the first time. <laughs> oh my god! vibrate! Anyway, turn it into a cricket. So are, are, the, are the cases, like when you said uh, you're playing against Holmes, is that you're playing against Holmes as he solved a case in one of the actual stories that has been written? No, they're all new, I think. Um, oh, okay. So it's like the, the designers... Like, Hounds of Rascals. There yeah, oh, I know that. I know exactly. Yeah, so the designers have chosen, well, Holmes would get that in yes. this many clues. Well, they they solve... They create this enormous story and then they work the path of least resistance. Oh, okay. And they don't a, get like a, a, like a CSI... No, operative no. In the... they don't. It's it's beautiful though. One of the actual things you get is on the back of the manual are ten people you can always visit who are like real Holmes's real life uh, people. Like he knew, it's like you know, you can visit uh, your brother, you know, Mycroft. You can visit a, be- a beggar, probably. You, you can visit people of the criminal underground. You can visit the head of the carriages in London, and they may or may not be able to help. But Sherlock never really needs to use them. Like Sherlock just spots stuff out. But the thing I was saying is, it lets you be the guy in the room when Sherlock explains the murder. Because at the end, you go. Like, myself and my girlfriend worked out what the case was, and we said, okay, we've got this. We answered the questions. Not only were we wrong, but then the final chapter, which is Holmes delivering a kind of, well, of course, I knew the murder was done in this way by this person. And how did I know that? Well, this. And you're reading it going, fuck you. No. <laughs> no there is no. You, no one can work that out. But then what's great is the game itself tells you how you can. It tells you which locations he went to and how he worked out the murder. And you feel so dumb. You f- I've never been made to feel more stupid in a more satisfying way than by Sherlock Holmes consultant detective. Oh my goodness, it's Paul Dean. Paul Dean. Paul Dean had to go to a thing, but now he's back. Now and he's he can back. join us for the last 15 minutes of the TurboCast. Yeah, join in. This Why is the TurboCast. What's a TurboCast? It's I a podcast that ends in eight minutes. Eight well, mi- we'd better get on with it. <laughs> Indeed. What are you waiting for? Uh, what so we're going to do, we're going to spend eight minutes, we're going to try and answer eight questions on That's the Twitters. That's easy. Let's do 16. No, uh, Paul, expert agony ant is here. He'll be able to... What kind of an ant is that? Uh. Okay, right. First question from... I'm picking these at random. I'm not even curating them. Uh, Damo Ledux, Lidow. How do you get Cosmic Encounter to play as well IRL as in your uh, Quinz's Eurogamer review? Can't seem to muster enthusiasm within my group. Go, guys! I don't know. That's a shame. Immediately. That's um, not answering the question. <laughs> you have 55 seconds. Every time I've played it, I've had an incredible time. You know what I'd be almost tempted to do, and this is slightly cheating, but if I own the game, I might kind of curate the setup so that if I had, like, three or four friends playing, they all had particularly interesting races that bounce off each other in a weird way. So yeah. really... Set it up, you mean fix it's, it. It's a bit... Uh, Get every player to play as two aliens each. That's, oh, that's mad. mental. That's mad, That will it? actually destroy people. Maybe that will come back too. <laughs> um, but yeah. I don't... I mean, you know, we get more and more board games now that come with a tutorial or even like a setup game in them anyway. Play with the flares so, is pretty good advice. I think sometimes people leave the too. flares out. I leave the flares out. Oh, what? You've got to play with the flares, man. <laughs> They're the bonkers juice like that get this smoothie flares. going. Okay, right, that's next question. Next question. By the way, what's our agony aunt names? I'll be Hilda. I'll be Greta, because that works with Esmeralda. Hilda. I'll be Emmeline. Okay. Are you, am I supposed to sit next to you? Yeah, I don't know we're going to share a chair. It's fine, we can do it. We have the technology. This is very intimate, Matthew. It's fine. What do you, Tim Spone Spon? Spon. Uh, asks, what do you do when a new game really bombs with your group? Finish it and pray for a speedy end. Stop and play something else. 
Well, that, that's different because I mean, my main group for playing games now with with is probably you guys, and often we play games and they bomb a bit, but we yeah, have but to we keep playing. We see through stuff through because we're we got. That's not an it. answer to his question. What would you do if you were Tim Spawn, Esmeralda? I would uh, stop and play something else. Yes, I'd I, see it through. Actually, no, Sorry. I have had things where it gets awkward and games do bomb, but it's difficult because sometimes it's just you can't tell if the game no, is bombing if you, or if people are just being. If you look around you and every face is like really dumb, no one's having a good time. Just fucking stop what you're doing. Yeah, I, I have that. With that. It, yeah, I think just yeah, bite the bullet. I've heard huh. some game groups say that. Uh, if at least one person in the table is enjoying themselves, the whole group will continue. But mm, I don't think that's true. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, talk among yourselves. Hurry up. Uh, I was just saying, yeah. Aaron <laughs> says that I, <laughs> I keep good. buying the games that you recommend and now can't afford to pay my rent. What should I do? Oh, Cry. Fuck. Oh, sell those games. Um, yeah, sell the games. Uh, you can get. You can go to the Citizens Advice Bureau if you're in the I'm UK. Not, you reckon he's being serious? No, I have no idea. I hope he is. I don't. I mean, I don't. I hope but, he's not being serious. But you know, so. I don't know. I guess you I just mean, have to not. sometimes temper your enthusiasm. Yes, limit games purchases to yeah, the very if best. If I bought everything I got excited about, I'd have no set up money. a budget in Excel. David. David Cantor says, uh, at Shut Up Show, did you really just tweet someone offering a profit share for advertising arrangement? No. No. Uh, I think he's misunderstanding that. I was I accidentally retweeted on the Shut Up and Sit Down account Simon Parkin's article about uh, YouTubers, uh, prominent YouTubers accepting money for... Oh, God. Matt, why don't you explain it? Oh, it's just it's bollocks. It's <laughs> YouTube are, are very, very dodgy, and they might not be breaking the law, but it doesn't mean that they're good people or honest people. What they are doing is... Not un- all is YouTube. Unclear. Not all YouTubers, but it's, it's partially why I got depressed by the entire of YouTube, because most people do it, and everyone gets away with it. And the world is full of bad people doing bad things, and everyone thinks that they're okay. Question. Next answer. question. Uh, B. McLeod <laughs> says, What worthwhile game is the most pain in the ass to set up? <sighs> Gotta be a Euro game of some sort with lots of bits, hasn't it? Caverna. is <laughs> not even fun when you do set it up. Oh. I think City of Horror. Where did that, that come again. from? City of Horror is really painful to set up. Yeah, Actually, that's, that's not, a bit that's, fiddly. Well, it's not so. Yeah, okay. I think it's a bit of a pain. Yeah, it's got that fucking water tower. Horus Heresy? The water tower's fine. It's like little characters. You have to plug them into your coloured thing, which means you... Yeah, it takes a little It takes time, yeah. That's true. Oh, fuck, no. uh, Twilight Imperium takes a while. Yeah, but that's always worth it, though. That's true. That is usually... Uh, Imaginary Thomas says, what is the worst game component to step on in the middle of the night? Ooh, um, something that breaks. I would then you something in Warhammer. Yeah, yeah. It's probably the little Indian meeples from that uh, game we played last time. Last time. <laughs> <laughs> they had like really spiky. Yeah, they do. I stepped on a ends. goblin spearman when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. uh, Not even a miniature, a real goblin spearman. <laughs> uh, no, it was a miniature, and uh, that. Uh, I and then I got off the bus, and then I yeah. What? That's <laughs> doing a joke. Richard uh, Herring. Uh, Pete Electro. Pete. Uh, Pete Pete Lectro says, will you please include custom missions for X-Wing in the next Gold Club bag? Ooh. We can't answer that, can we? That's not an Agony Aunt question. We can say, maybe. We can say, oh dear. We Ooh. can want to put an Agony Aunt, say. I don't know. I don't know. I missed about, the question. There were no Agony Aunts in Star Trek. <laughs> no. Or maybe Trek. true. You never knew what Star Wars. And finally, Phil Reynolds <laughs> says, thing. I thought my knee had healed, but every so often I get a shooting pain in the joint. Will I be fit for the football season? Ooh. Uh, I stopped um, running there's time. There's how many weeks till? There's a few weeks. What is the football season? It starts late August. I okay. What's football? What Night is training. Football. To be honest, I've had problems with my knee recently. I can't run anymore. It's quite oh, depressing. Wow. But it's fine. Just don't do it anymore. Just stop doing it. Will it get better? I don't know. I'll probably have to go and see a doctor for that. Yeah. <laughs> that, I feel like the latter part of your advice is more valuable than the former part yeah, of your advice. Yeah, maybe you should go to a doctor and find you out. Probably go to a doctor. There you go. Or just do what I do and just stop running. Just go swimming and accept that you'll never catch a bus ever again. 
No, you're, that's an awful thing to say. I wait for the Why? bus. Why? It just means I have to leave earlier if I want to get a bus. You'll catch I'm a bus. You'll run the again. Bus arrives. <laughs> You'll run again. Don't what give. Don't P- give this P-lectro, poor boy. P-lectro. P-lectro. A really good way no, to catch a bus. Else. If oh, you put sorry. down those strips of spikes in front of it, <laughs> and then when the bus hits them and skids, you get you a, a net. Out, you throw a net over the bus. A net and a machine gun. Smoke bombs. Every time. Trank bombs. Every time. A big elephant ball. Just in case. I've got it to myself. I've got it to myself too. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Sharp Sit Down Turbo Car. No, we've got, we've got two more minutes. Are you kidding? What? Two more minutes in Turbo. Should I find another question? Yeah. Got something you want to talk about for two minutes? Does anyone have anything they want to talk about for two minutes? Brendan? I No, you covered it with all your football chat. I'm sorry, I, I actually had an important appointment at the doctor. Oh, sorry. I had to... We're all breaking. Are we just... Arm. Yeah, we, we reach that age where everything just increasingly falls apart. We it's are. fine. No, it's um, a thing. I'm fine. I'm fit as a fiddle. It's great. I'm going to donate an arm. Okay, uh, you guys have to. You can do a pocket review of Valley of the Kings. How about that? Ooh. It's quite a good deck building game. Um, uh, the thing that I would immediately say is uh, the problem that you sometimes have with Dominion is you don't attack other players enough unless you really work hard to build up uh, decks of cards that allow you to be aggressive. Whereas Valley of the Kings is a game that you're immediately kind of more aggressive to yeah, other people. Yeah, although if you are, you have less time to put stuff in your tomb to be ready for the afterlife and you end up losing. So you have to draw a line. You somewhere. do, because it's got a really cool endgame where so you're running out of time. So this is a game about preparing you... for the afterlife. Yeah, a game about <laughs> psychologically. pharaohs trying to... No, physically. Trying to get <laughs> boxes of food and boats and things that you will need and when you organs. die into your tomb. Yes. And just getting it ready for when you go and... It's, you get in this weird situation at the very end where um, everything is really expensive and you can buy it, but if you have less, exp- if you have less of a thing, it's not really worth that much. So if you're buy- you could have like all these expensive statues and stuff, and they'll be in your tomb, but you won't, you won't win death. <laughs> so. That's yeah. You want sets of stuff. Would you recommend uh, that? I would. I would if you like deck builders. Uh, it took us longer than we thought to play, uh, but that's that was with two it has people, a lot of cards. I think. With four people, I think it would be quicker. Yeah. But it's got more player interaction. It's got cards that cleverly combo with each other if you play them in certain ways. Uh, and it's got a frantic end game where you spend all this time buying stuff and you're trying <laughs> to get more money. And the way to win isn't to constantly attack other people. It's just to shuttle all this stuff into your actual yeah. tomb. Except you need to... If you buy lots of stuff, it, you don't get it into your tomb any quicker. There's your tomb entrance is only so wide, and you've just got one <laughs> one, one forklift truck. Okay, wow. gentlemen, the time for turbo podcasting is over. Ah. Okay, well though, that was good. This is like being on gladiators. On it Channel is. 4. Let us to, re- to return to the hyperspace from which we came. <laughs> We could put an actual sound effect in. Guys, we didn't come from... We don't need one now. We're in Paul's line. We haven't got any sound effects. We haven't got any sound effects. I could turn the hoover on. 